Hey, New Life Church, Bronson Duke here. Thanks for listening in. The heart of our church is that you would know Jesus, that you would walk with Jesus, and you would learn how to live like he lived. We hope that this message equips you and empowers you on your journey walking with Jesus. Good morning, church. How many of you are excited to be here this morning? Amen. Bless God. Well, my name is Dwayne Clayton. I get an opportunity to serve here. Let's give it up for the praise team once again. I think those songs of Zion would definitely be fitting this morning. I don't know about you, but I do know that God is so good. He's better than good. And as I look back over my life and the lives of others, we know that it is because of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. And his compassions are new every morning, and they fail not. Let's give it up for Pastor Bronson Duke, please. We appreciate him, his leadership. We appreciate Pastor Rick. But I was telling my wife, probably for the last six months, I said, man, Pastor B is tapping in. And, uh, you know, for the men, on Wednesday mornings or whenever we gather, Pastor Bronson is always challenging us, as he calls it, spiritual rhythms. And one of those challenges include the device that we, that little computer we have in our hands oftentimes. And so I've been very cognizant of that and just really appreciate you, Pastor Bronson, for, for that challenge and just how laser focused you have been, not only improving the church, but individuals. So we salute you this morning. Let us pray. God, we thank you. Again, just for your grace and your mercy and your loving kindness towards us. We thank you for your written word. We thank you for the believers that encourage one another daily. And Lord God, I pray that you would just hide all of me, that only you and your word will be glorified today. We ask that this message come forth with clarity and understanding that when we leave these walls that we can make life application because we do realize that you are so good. We ask these things in your darling son Jesus' name. Thank God and amen. Well, hey, again, just excited to be here, excited to share on a message and a lesson in the parables or a lesson on parables about becoming the fourth soil. You know, it's, it's football season, and, and you know, fourth quarter, everybody throws up the four, you know, for the fourth quarter. But this morning, we're going to throw up the four because we want to become the fourth soil. And so here's a very familiar passage of scripture this morning that's found in the book of Matthew chapter 13, and I'll be reading from the Amplified Version and that's another help that Pastor B has helped me with, too. I'm, a, I'm an old King James Version guy, but he has challenged us to get the plain text. So I, I have been definitely listening. Uh, verse 3, Matthew 13, verse 3, and it reads, And he told many things in parables, that is stories by way of illustration, saying, A sower went out to sow. Verse 4, And he sowed some seeds, and they fell by the roadside or the footpath, and birds came by and ate them up. Verse 5, and other seeds fell on rocky ground, 
where they had not much soil, and at once they sprang up because they had no depth of soil. Verse 6, but when the sun rose, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they dried up and withered away. And some fell among thorns, and thorns sprung up and choked them. Verse 8, but others fell into good ground. Somebody say good ground. And brought forth fruit, some 100, some 60-fold, and 30-fold. And verse 9, who hath ears, let him hear. In verse 10, and disciples came and said unto him, why speakest thou unto them in parables? Jesus' response was in verse 13, there speak I to them in parables, because seeing not, they hear not, neither do they understand. And so this is a well-known passage uh, of the parable of the soils, but it's not always understood. So you know how you're familiar with certain things and you just say it because it's always been said? You know, in our lives, I, I've, I come to find out, and this is not real to me, but I met someone who said, you know, around Thanksgiving time, grandmother always cut the ham off and put it in the pan. And she said, I always scratch my head. Why did grandmother do that? And grandmother ended up telling me because that's what mama did. And all grandma really had to do was get a larger pan instead of cutting the ham off. And so even though this is a familiar text to us, it is evident that oftentimes it's not understood. So our prayer today is that we understand. The book of Matthew is heavy with Jewish custom. I don't want to delve deep into that. However, we do need to make note and mention that the Pharisees, teachers of the law, and uh, they miss the message oftentimes. And so Matthew can be said to be one of the most Jewish of all the Gospels. Matthew, uh, he continued to uh, indicate in this prophetic manner that the scriptures might be fulfilled. That was found 16 times in the book of Matthew. But more importantly today, this passage is a universal feature that the gospel message is mentioned for all people of the world. And the problem is oftentimes that we encounter is that the world is speaking more loudly than we are about what Christ is able to do. But the world is speaking loudly. And as the praise team sang this morning, God is so good. You know, we have victory. And then the world would have us to think that we're the only ones going through something. And so come a little bit closer as we go to uh, drop further down in this passage. Verse 23. As for what was sown... On good soil, this is he who hears the word and grasps it, takes hold of it, comprehends it, and he indeed bears fruit and yields in one case, again, 100 times as much as that was sown, in another case, 60 times as much as that was sown, and in another case, 30 times as much. Verse 24, another parable he has set forth before them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. In verse 25, but while he was sleeping, the enemy came and sowed also darnel. So this is like a, it's like a black wild wheat or, te or tear. Okay. And among the wheat and went his way. Verse 26, so when the plant sprouted and formed grain, the darnel weeds resembling wheat appeared also. In verse 27, and the servants of the owner came to him and said, sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? 
then how does it have Darnell shoots in it? Verse 28, he said unto them, the enemy has done this. The servant said unto him, wilt thou then we go and gather them up? Let's gather those that, that the enemy had, had planted. But verse 29, but he said, nay, lest ye gather up the tares and ye root up the wheat with them. Verse 30, let us, let both grow together until the harvest. And in that time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather ye together first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into the barn to be placed in the storehouse. And then verse 35, as I conclude with the reading, that it might be fulfilled. What did it say? That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open up my mouth in parables, and I will utter these things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. So we see these two uh, examples here. We have the good ground, is, which is the gold, the fourth soil. And we see all those other examples, that, that seed that fell by the wayside or the roadside or the footpath. We saw those seeds that fell by the thorns and thistles, and then we saw that seed that was choked up. And the seed is indicative of the gospel message. And so we, we have to be mindful that this message that was given unto us, which is the gospel message, has power. And see, the power is in the message and understanding that, hey, we're fighting from victory, not to victory. See, the victory is already won on the cross. And so Jesus is letting them know in this parabolic expression here, he's letting them know that, hey, don't gather up the tares and the wheat together. Because, see, sometimes we get a little bit self-righteous. Amen, lights. See, I remember when I had so much zeal, I was telling everybody the wrong they were doing. And guess what they already know? They already know they're doing wrong. But see, here the thing is that the scripture lets us know, and it's good news, that's the gospel, is that, that Christ did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that through him that the world might be saved. And so here we have this today. He says, I will open up my mouth in parables and, and let them know what has been set for the foundation of the world. The reality and surety of the parables gives us an understanding that God's purposes and actions for us is saving all humanity from the powerful effects of sin. And I don't know about your personal experience. I don't know uh, if you know people, but I know for myself that I have encountered some stuff. And guess what? Some of that stuff was self-inflicted. See, back in the day, if anybody knew me from the ages of 19 to 26, they would say, Dwayne must be losing his mind. And some of you around here, you, you may refer to me as D.C., but back in those days, 19 to 26 years of age, D.C. stood for didn't care. I'm just being real with you. But like I said, there is power in understanding the gospel. There is power in the seed that God has planted in us. And so when I had that reprobate mind of doing any and everything and not being concerned about what the results would be, the Holy Spirit was still pressing. The Holy Spirit was still pressing. And that may be the same in some of your lives. We've had disappointments and doubts. We've had heartaches and hangups. I'll be down your street in a minute. We've had bills. And so in our lives, 
We've had situations that impact how we receive the seed and the gospel. And so I know you're looking at me in that tone of voice, so what, now what? So what, now what is that we have to be more than just hearers of the word, but doers also. In many cases, we don't prioritize. See, this message of the parable of the souls, is, it was about prioritizing. Prioritizing that gospel message. Some fell on the footpath, didn't have root. The birds came and ate it up. What does that mean today? That means like we got the word, we received it gladly, but guess what? I ran into a trial. I ran into a challenge, and I didn't apply the word. Or maybe I applied the word, but I didn't surround myself around people that would help edify and exhort me in those situations. That's why life groups are so important. And so what, we, so what we're doing now is just not only being hearers, but doers also. We must live and operate on purpose and mission. Paul said it like this in 1 Corinthians 9. It, it, I love it because if anybody likes to, uh, like an athlete, Paul talks about, I don't run as if I'm beating the air, but I'm running with purpose. But Paul also was so vivid that he didn't exclude himself. And one thing about the word, it says that it's like a two-edged sword. It cuts going and coming. So just as I share with you, guess what? It didn't already cut, Dwayne. And so this word is for me too. Verse 26 of 1 Corinthians 9 says, Therefore, I do not run uncertainly without a definite aim. So that means I got purpose, I got aim, I got vision. I do not box as one beat in the air without an adversary. Verse 27, but like a boxer, I buffet my body, handle it roughly, I discipline it in hardships, and I subdue it. So that means like no matter what soil or what condition I am when I receive that word, Paul says we have to get ourselves prepared for the challenge. For fear that after proclaiming the gospel and the things pertaining to it, I myself, this is, this is explicit language here, become unfit not to stand the text and be unapproved and rejected as a counterfeit. That's Paul's words to the Corinthian church. He says, so even as I'm in this fight, even as I'm boxing, I got aim, even as I'm running, he says, I, that after I proclaim the gospel, this thing that he said that I counted all dung for the sake of Christ. If I can't preach Christ and him crucified, nothing else matters. So Paul says in all of this, if I preach it and I don't discipline myself, guess what? I can be unaccepted or seen as a counterfeit. That's explicit language. That's specific language. And so when we get into situations, guess what? Those situations are going to try to trample out the word in us. And the gospel message we found, we have to remind ourselves that man can't live by bread alone but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. And so for me in my house, or for Dwayne, I got to surround myself around people that's positive. I can't go to pity parties for folk to say, oh, woe is me. I need to get around somebody that said, yay, though you crush me, I shall wait on my change to come. Because see, the same God that saved me is the same God that's going to deliver me. The same God that saved me is going to the same God that lift me up, not because of who I am, but because of who he is. And as Pastor Brunson prayed this morning, said that his word is not going to return void. That's, uh, that's what we hang our hats on. 
So Paul in this passage, he's letting the Corinthian church know, hey, we're going to be corrected from carnal living and then we're going to have endurance in ministry. That's what he wants us to do. So in this parabolic expression that we've read, that's what we want to do. We've got to have endurance. I was out in, um, where is that, uh, D.C. three weeks ago. And so my job was to help people get to their goals, uh, marathon pacing. And so everybody, they'll come up to you, they see you hold a sign, they say, what pace are you going to be running? Uh, what's going to be the plan? What's going to be focused throughout the race? Oh, yeah, we're going to walk the water station, but we're going to run at about a 10 and a half minute pace so we can bank up some time later on. 80-something percent humidity this day. And so people had goals, right? And so my job is very much that of a disciple. I got to help folk reach those goals. I got to exhort them. I got to encourage them. I got to coach them. And so this day, man, it was great. First 13 miles, it was like a party on the pavement. And the heat started getting to us. The sun came out about 10 o'clock. And just like the parable of the soils, the sun started scorching out the seed, the gold. And guess what? Doubt started creeping in. And guess what? The whole time, trust your training. Trust your training. You made for what you trained for. And the reality is, some fell by the wayside. And that's okay. But what we have to be mindful of, I'm surrounding myself around people that say, it's okay. You didn't give up. You kept running. Life is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And guess what? If you're still here, you finished healthy. You finished in your right mind. You finish that the Lord is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can think and ask. Because guess what? We live to try it again another day. That's what that passage means. His compassions fell or not. They are new every morning. So guess what? If you made it through, you got another chance tomorrow. That's why the scripture says, and Peter says, God is not slack concerning his promises as some men consider slackness. He is long-suffering toward all that he don't want any to perish but all come to the knowledge of repentance. So there will be times when we feel as if we're on a roller coaster in our faith. Is it just me or is it you too? Sometimes we're on a roller coaster in our faith. But the good news is the psalmist David said that yea, the contemporary version, yea do I walk through the nightmare on Elm Street. You are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me, your word encourages me. You tell me to lay down in your green pastures. You prepare the table before me in the presence of my enemies. My cup runneth over, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And if you know who Vicki Winers is, she says, as long as I got King Jesus, I don't need nobody else. And perhaps I'm saying, these things, and they may be foreign to us. But just keep on living. Just keep on living. I, I see our children nowadays, they say, you know, you, you get anxious and excited when you move out on your own. But when the bills start coming, it's something. That, they say those hymns hit a little different when you go through some things. <laughs> and here we are. The world will teach us that in this life's journey, that we will encounter some thorns and thistles. They will attempt to choke out our spiritual fruit in our lives that are designed to nourish us, to replenish us. But the one thing I want us to be mindful of is this, is there's power in the seed. There's power in the gospel. And we have to be cognizant 
of what we do with that gospel message. Paul said it like this to the Roman church. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is a power unto salvation for everyone that believes. And then he went down and listened and said, it don't matter what your ethnicity is. It is a power unto salvation to everyone that believes. The issues is not the fact that there is not power in the gospel. The issue is that our, as the soil, are we yielding to the willingness of the Holy Spirit? See, the thing is, and, and so Mark A can attest to this, when we go home or we go around college peers from, again, that, that age frame I told you about, uh, they'll say, Dwayne, how's it going? And they'll ask me, what am I doing nowadays? And they say, oh, you're still doing that. But here's the thing. Uh, Ezekiel has a passage about a stony heart. And so that's indicative of the soils in some respects that the Holy Spirit will break up the fallow ground of our hearts. And if anybody's been around me for any amount of time, I can do it right now. I can cry at the drop of a hat. And so the one way I know that God is operative is that you have a heart change. And, and things that you used to didn't care about, things that you would walk by and, and dismiss it, that those are the very things now that God will use to tug on you. And so in this passage, in this parable of the soils, the fallow ground has to be broken up. We must be mindful of what we're saved from. See, oftentimes we, we say, well, what, is, well, what is my benefit? We got to understand that what we're saved from, sometimes we really don't reflect on the magnitude of the finished work of the cross. I was so excited about the songs that were sang this morning because the finished work of the cross, my God. Has anybody just taken the time to realize what we've been saved from? Can I submit to you that we're saved from death? We're saved from guilt. We're saved from estrangement. We're saved from ignorance of the truth. We're saved from bondage of habit and vices. We're saved from fear of demons, fear of hell, despair of self, alienation from others, pressures of the world, a meaningless life. Did I say pressures of the world? And the application is this, this and, and using Paul again, because we may not know that Paul was one, Saul, that persecuted believers. So don't you tell me that there's not power in the gospel. Here he is one day on his way on the Damascus Road, and he's, 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 he's had an instantaneous encounter. And so then Paul, a, a, a while after that, he says, I beseech you. Now I'm, I'm King James right now. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that we present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is the least or reasonable service, and don't be conformed. See, conform makes it seem like to me like there's a guy back in the day. How many people know who some of y'all don't know? Chameleonaire. Said, Chameleon, I just get in where he fit in. I, I can, I, it's just like the wheat and the tares. They look the same. I'm just keeping real, letting you know where I came from. They look the same, but operate differently. And so Paul said, and don't be conformed to this world. The carnal mind, the, the carnal self that wants only what Dwayne can get. Y'all read the liturgy, right? I don't want to store up for myself. 
but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the acceptable will of God. I'm going to help us one more time and I'm going to get ready to close. Uh, Jesus was talking to the disciples after the, the ministry. And so here he is, Luke chapter 22, Amplified Version. He says, Simon, Simon, listen. You know if somebody called your name twice. Marquette knows if I call her by her full name instead of KK. She knows I really need her attention. So here Jesus says, Simon, Simon, listen. Satan has asked excessively. Now you know what that sounds like, excessively. He's begging for you, Simon, Peter. He says, he, Satan has asked for you excessively that really all of you be given to him out of the power that I have that I've been keeping you, that Psalms 91 power of God that he might sift all of you like grain. I'm in the text, grain, wheat, tares. He want to sift you like grain. It's a slow process. And the same that happened in Job. He says, what are you doing? And Satan says, I'm going to and fro, seeking whom I can devour. And he says, have you considered my servant Job? So here it is. Once we get in this engrafted word and we start operating, guess what we get? We get probation. We get testing. We get found out to see if we're ready for warfare, spiritual warfare. And so here it is. Jesus says, but uh, I have prayed especially for you. Guess what the Bible says? That he makes intercession even when we don't know what to ask for. He said, I was praying especially for you that your faith may not fail. And when you yourself have turned, life group, strengthen and establish your brother. That's what it's for. When, when you get yourself on level footing, you've been stumbling, you've been struggling, you've been straining. But when you get yourself on level ground, go and strengthen your brother. Go and strengthen your sister. And so why is this important? The world indicative of the soils or indicative of those who are receiving the word but have become so desensitized to the world's ways that we too are being sifted. Right up here on Sunday morning, right here on Wednesday night, guess what? If we're not careful because things have become so commonplace, man, oh, that, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've seen that before. But it's not what kingdom looks like. And so if we're not very careful, we end up being sifted because it's coming to us. We can get deceived. Don't put our lights under a bushel. Let's not operate as if we're not the salt of the earth. The word says in the last day, this is what, this is the good news. That see, we can be my, I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what your past is. I don't care who counted you out. That the word of God says in Joel, that in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all people. And so in the last days, too, we got to be mindful that people will have engineers. But here's what the gospel brings us. This is the good news. The gospel brings us enjoyment of eternal life. The experience of the Spirit's power and liberty and joy and advancing and conformity to Christ and not the world. We gain acceptance with God. So to me is, we really think about reconciliation. If you ever have watched Ayana Van Zandt, I think I'm saying it right. How those families have been so off kilter 
And she can bring those folk back together through counseling, through therapy, to address those things. So, you know, we never conquer what we don't confront. And so to bring those families together and, and deal with some stuff. And see, that's, what, that's what, what this transformation process is. That after I look at all of my mess, Dwayne, why were you doing this? God has saved you from that. He has redeemed you from the curse of the law. He has, has, has given you a, a reconciled heart. And so when we look at this, man, reconciliation really and redemption to me is just powerful in itself. Uh, I've probably told you all this story before, but it's almost like coupons. They have a value, and you can buy it, you know, you can redeem it for its value. And that's what God has done for us. He has redeemed us and bought us back from the curse of the law. So regardless of what we're going through, what we've been through, count it all joy. Because the scripture says that we are more than conquerors. We have sonship. We have relationship, we have courage, we have hopefulness, we have peace, we have new moral aims and victory. And as I come to a close, consider being the fourth soil. There's an illustration here of those four soils as we view the farmer. That can be any of us, the word share. And those uh, that are on the path of the roadside or the rocky places, or among the thorns. It said the birds ate it. Here on the rocky places, they grew quick, but they had no root. Got scorched, or they withered. The thorns choked them out. But the good news is the good soil. You know there's no law against the uh, attributes of the Holy Spirit. Love, patience, meekness, long-suffering, kindness. Look, there is no law. And again, what they do is they produce. It's almost like multiplication. It's, it's kind of like the power of compound interest right there. It just keeps on multiplying. It just keeps on multiplying. So if I submit to you this today, it doesn't matter where you've been. It really don't matter where you're at. What matters is where we're headed. Where we are headed. In Christ Jesus, there is no failure. In Christ Jesus... And you know, Satan would have us the next slide as we have these questions to consider and as we pray. You know, in this life, think about who, I know who shared the first message of scripture with me. His name was uh, Matthew Askew, Boys Auxiliary, Bethlehem Missionary Baptist Church, 1988. Rudolph Harris, first taught me 2 Timothy 2.15. Remember who shared the seed in your life. And then ponder on what happened to the seed. And then which other four soils best describe what we are right now? It doesn't matter where you're at. What matters is that we know someone who is able to get that seed and fertilize it. Paul said this, somebody planted another one water but God gives the increase and all I know is this right here is those we surround ourselves with that will edify us and glorify God will help our seeds to grow do you want your seed to grow today I want my seeds to grow I want them to flourish I want what would we say a legacy 
of our family to serve the Lord. You know, the prophetess Anna prayed for Jesus' birth. So we want legacy. You know, as Pastor B shares the story, hey, folks was praying for me. We want legacy. Marquette Scott's uh, grandmother, when I came in under the influence, she would grease me down with anointing oil. We want legacy. Because there's no power that can do what the power of God can do. No power that can do what he can do. He is our Jehovah Nisi, our banner. So when the enemy comes in like a flood, he lifts up a standard for us. Let us pray. God, we thank you. There's some that may be thinking right now, yes, I failed, yes, I've fallen short. But your word declares that all of us have fallen short of your glory. All of us have sinned. But you have prayed for us. You have redeemed us. We've been blood washed. And God, we're more than conquerors. So God, we pray for those right now that are making decisions about what next steps will be. It is with your loving kindness that you have drawn us. So we pray now that you would tug on their hearts. Put someone in their path. There's somebody in the back that can pray for them. There's somebody right here today that can pray with them. And God, we're going to proclaim the riches that's in your word. That we're kingdom bound. That we are living your will on earth right now, Lord God. That we will proclaim your word as we get up in the morning, as we walk by the way, as we sit down at night. Yes, challenges will come, but we are more than conquerors. God, help us to be the fourth soil, that we will be good ground, that we will produce fruit that is worthy of repentance. We thank you and we praise you right now. It's in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, well, guys, we're going to go into a time of response. Um, as Pastor Dwayne was going through that last part, I was going through my own heart. Can you put back up his questions? If you could put those back up. I want to encourage you guys, take a picture of these questions. These are very important questions. And take some time as we respond. But then I also want to encourage you at some point this week in quiet time, just sit, go back through this word in Matthew 13 and ask the Lord, where's my heart? We are the soil. But the good news that Dwayne just shared with us is that Jesus is the gardener. Whatever's going on in your heart, God can move us from being rocky soil or crowded soil to becoming good soil. Amen? Let me read this last part. It says, so now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds, the seed that fell on the footpath. Let's just take a moment, all heads bowed, all eyes closed, and reflect. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. The evil one then comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. God, I pray for anybody right now who's lacking understanding. God, we know that your word says if we ask, you will bring. Bring understanding. The seed that fell on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell amongst the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, 
so no fruit is produced. But the seed that fell on the good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest 30, 60, or even 100 times as much has been planted. Come, Holy Spirit. Speak to us. Minister to us. Show us the condition of our heart. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said. Hey guys, thanks for listening in. I hope that this message blessed you and it helps you in your journey with Jesus. If it did, leave a comment, leave a review. Things like that help us spread the message of Jesus. Uh, If you want to connect with us, the best way to do that is to follow us on Instagram at at NLC Downtown Little Rock to follow along with the life of our church.